like to introduce Ginger, and you are our guest speaker for today. You will share your experience, strength, and hope for 15 minutes. Would you like a five-minute warning at 10 minutes? I would like five, five, and five. Okay, you willing to do that? Okay. Awesome. It's all yours. Hey, everybody. Hi. My name's Ginger. I'm a compulsive eater. I'm really happy to be here. Hi, Ginger. Um, so let's see what it was like. So my story, it, it always amazes me when we get together because our stories are so similar. You almost feel like, you know me, you got me. Uh, but yet there's always these little nuances that make us unique. Um, and it's one of the things I love about the program is the feeling that no matter who walks through that door, it doesn't matter male, female, age, race, whatever. Um, I get you and you get me. And um, I, there's a great camaraderie in that, great feeling in that. But anyway, my story is I uh, grew up in the South. I was born and raised deep, as, about as far deep as you can go in the South. Uh, without going to Mexico. I grew up in uh, Corpus Christi, Texas. And uh, I was adopted into a family at birth. So uh, I didn't know my, my birth family, but I knew I had this adopted family. And uh, they raised me as their own. They told me always that I was adopted, so I always knew that. Um, and uh, we were, you know, pretty stereotypical southern family in that um, there was a lot of uh, food everything revolved around food um, it's 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 amazing when you go down there it's it's all about food and it's almost like um, you you know how well you can actually cook is is sort of a class all of its own I mean it's just a very strange place, but, um, you, and we fry the heck out of everything. Like, you hear those, <laughs> you hear those stories? It's for real, y'all. It is not made up. We fry the heck out of everything. Um, so, yeah, that's the, that's the family I grew up in. I mean, we literally were that family sitting out on the back porch playing guitars and singing songs that were like, what the heck does that even mean? <laughs> um, like, uh, I could go off on that, but I won't. But uh, yeah, that was our world. That was the world I grew up in. Um, and because I was adopted, uh, the, it turns out, it's a long story, but I don't want to take up that much time, but my adoption was, it would be considered an open adoption uh, today. And so my, my adopted mother lived in fear that one day my birth mother was gonna pull up in front of the house and take me and off we were, and she'd never see me again. So I grew up in this fear uh, that uh, was really kind of suffocating. And wouldn't you know it, I'm wired to have sort of an adventurous spirit. Um, I, I kinda like to, to explore and wander off and and it's all very, it was all very innocent, but I have crazy, horrendous stories about my mother and how she panicked, and, and uh, I was, wasn't allowed to do a lot of things that would be considered common, um, like go to camp or stay overnight. 
um, places or um, you know be a part of a club or something like that so I was pretty smothered as a kid um, and then the other thing that is unique about my childhood is that I actually was uh, in a very abusive home and it's very it's it's to me it's so confusing in that um, when I talk about my parents they are these wonderful people um, that you would like uh, but at the same time there was this incredible abuse happening with my adopted father and uh, then there was this passive thing that was happening with my adopted mother where she just didn't really do anything to stop it or take take any steps towards asking questions or um, anything like that. It was just the way it was. And um, those are things that of course I've had to deal with as a compulsive eater as, as, and as I've become an adult. Um, so I think that kind of, thank you, okay perfect, that takes care of like kind of where it gives you an idea, some kind of point of reference of where I kind of got started with food. And then to kind of fast forward as to what it looked like, like how did I get into this program? Let's go there. Um, I heard about Overeaters Anonymous as an adult, and uh, my first response was probably like a lot of people's response in that I was like, no way on earth is that ever going to be something I ever join. I thought it sounded very extreme, very controlling, um, I, to give up, you know, certain foods, like never ever have them again, I was like, no way, I'm never doing that. And so I was on this um, journey to find just the right program. I just was like, if I just keep at it, at some point I'm gonna land on a program and it's gonna work for me. And um, one of the things that I, important thing that I left out about my childhood is that my mother was extremely obese like, like, you know, like TV show obese, like over 500 pounds most of my life. Um, <clears throat> and so I always thought, I'm, ne I'm never giving up, I'm just gonna keep at it. You know, she kind of gave up, I'm just gonna keep at it, and eventually I'm gonna land on something. But as you all know, uh, I tried a bazillion things. I've got all kinds of crazy stories, as, as many of you here probably do as well. Um, this was the last house on the block for me. I wandered into uh, an OA meeting. I didn't, I, I actually am doing the HAL program. I didn't know there was a difference. I didn't know there was multiple OA programs. Mm -hmm. I, I was very ignorant. I didn't really even know what a 12-step program really was. And I wandered into an OA meeting and uh, I was lost, man. I was discouraged, depressed. Uh, I felt hopeless. And I kept going to different meetings. Uh, I went to about four meetings before I found a sponsor. That meeting happened to be a how meeting, so I got a how sponsor. And uh, I ended up uh, getting my abstinence, which I, of course, I hated vegetables. I didn't get you know over 300 pounds with by eating vegetables. Um, so I, I told my sponsor, well, I don't like vegetables, and if you know anything about the HAL program, you eat a lot of vegetables, right? 
And so, so I only liked one vegetable. Uh, it was green beans. I ate that the whole week. <laughs> Nothing but green beans the entire week. And it's like, uh, I did it, but I didn't think I could make it. I really didn't think I'd make it a day. And I made it a week. And that was like, are you kidding me? I made it a week? And so my sponsor said, you know, that's wonderful. You know, she was very proud of me and very um, supportive. And she said, how about we try another vegetable? <laughs> and so I was like, well, okay. You know, I am getting, <laughs> getting kind of tired of this one vegetable. Maybe we could try another vegetable. So that, and then I, I, I ended up making it a month, you guys, on never binging. Uh, eating my weight and measured meals, three meals a day, no in-between snacks, just doing that. And I could not believe it after a month that I was actually abstinent for one month. It was the first time I think in my entire life I'd ever done any kind of a program and actually was true to it. And I thought, if I can do this a month, I think I could probably do this for a long time. I didn't want to say the rest of my life because that just seemed way too big. Uh, but I went on a quest and started discovering new vegetables. And I started, I didn't even know what some of them look like. <laughs> I found them on the internet. I'm like, okay, I need an image of that. And I, had, I got to know the guy in the produce section at the store, like, hey, I, I wanted to try this vegetable. Can you show me where that is? I didn't know if it was a root. I didn't know if it was spring, winter. I didn't know. So it was all very exciting. I lost a bunch of weight a bunch of weight. I wasn't at my goal weight, but I lost a ton of weight, like 75 pounds. I was looking really good, uh, feeling really good, and I lost my abstinence. Went through some really difficult uh, things in my life, and during the stress of all that, uh, I turned to food. Uh, so I kind of fired my sponsor, quit going to meetings, and I was out of program for over a year and guess what happened? I gained all the weight back plus some. And uh, was pretty miserable, pretty miserable. Uh, it was One of the hardest things I ever did was pick up the phone and call my sponsor and say, I want to come back. And uh, right on the heels of that would be walking back into the rooms uh, after everybody had seen me several sizes smaller to come back in and go, yeah, this, is, this would be me sitting here in my plump self. Mm -hmm. um, that was pretty tough to do. But guess what I found? Everybody was completely willing to, to wrap their arms around me, pull me in close. It felt so genuine, so, um, so good, and so free uh, to be able to come back in the rooms and have that experience. And it was something that I determined then that I was going to give back as I moved through the program. Um, abstinence was difficult. Uh, I really had, I really struggled the second time around to find my abstinence again. Um, the first time around, it felt like it just was so exciting and, and it came so easily. But the second time around was like trying to walk through life with, you know, concrete around your ankles. It just was hard. Um, and I finally started getting some relief, I think, when I stopped looking at what I was giving up because I began to realize, man, I'm really grieving what I'm not going to have anymore. And when I turned, finally turned my gaze from 
kind of like looking backwards to looking forwards, like this is what I'm going to get. I'm going to get peace of mind. I'm going to get my confidence back. I'm going to have that feeling of freedom. And for those who have three more minutes, okay. For those who have uh, continued abstinence, there's nothing better than laying down at night and uh, saying to myself, man, I rocked it today. There was some difficult things that happened today, but it, but it really happened. I did it, and I feel so good about that. So what it looks like today is I, I eat three weighted measured meals a day. I talk to my sponsor every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, we, we do uh, questions. We've gone through a lot of all the 12 steps together now. I. I've moved on to daily readers, and I do that now. I've been through the steps twice now. Um, I have three sponsees that I uh, sponsor, and uh, for me, that's that's a huge part of my program. Uh, my sponsor, you know, one of the things I love about this program is that it's not there's no hierarchy in this program. It's a very linear program, so we're all at the same level, it doesn't matter how much abstinence you have or how many years in the program, um, it's just very linear. And so it's a beautiful thing when you have sponsees, and I'll just do a kind of a pitch for that because I'm learning from them, and they're learning from me, of course, that's the whole point of it, but uh, there's lots of things that I learn about program from them. And I let them know that, you know, hey, that was that really helped me. I appreciate you sharing that with me. And it could be a recipe or it could be just some kind of aha moment that they had in program, but it really benefits my program quite a bit and I appreciate them dearly. Um, I write uh, Monday through Friday. Um, I do a 10th step every day. So at the end of the day, for me, uh, what that looks like is I write out all the positives and all the negatives that happen during the day. And then if there's anything on that negative column that bubbles up to the surface where it's like, oh, that really bugged me today, then I just answer three, three simple little questions. Uh, what was it? It's not, it's not a book. It's like two or three sentences. What was it? Uh, how did it affect me? And what can I do about it? And the what can I do about it portion is so monumental for me because as you already know, I lived my childhood as a victim. Now to be an adult, uh, I've realized by going through the fourth step that I still look at myself as a victim. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to be a victim anymore. I'm actually an adult, I get to make choices um, I'm not a victim of my circumstance. I could change my circumstances, but I don't naturally gravitate to those thoughts. So answering the question, what can I do about it, enables me to put sort of like the action plan in place where I can go, okay, what am I gonna do about this? Do I need to talk to somebody? Do I need to change my circumstance? Do I need to, whatever, whatever that is. And I see that I need to wrap this up, so um, that's, that's something that really helps me. Um, and I just want to say I'm so grateful to be here. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to, to give service. And um, if there's anybody that I can talk to afterwards, I'd love to do that. So thank you guys. <laughs>